voices to him and proclaim to him he truly is holy. Give him glory and honor tonight. Lord Jesus, we glorify your name, Lord. We lift you up, Lord. There's no one like you, Father. Father, we humble ourselves to you tonight, Lord. Give ourselves to you, Father. Forgive us, Lord, if there's been anything done or said that would not be pleasing. We want to be pleasing to thee, Lord. We want your love to shine through our hearts and to our lives, Lord, to others around us, Father. Let your presence abide in our midst, Lord. Let it just draw close even now, Father, to the places where those are gathered around, Lord, around the world, in their homes and places, Father. Just let your presence draw near, we pray. We commit this service to your hands, everything to be said and done for your glory and for your honor, Lord. Lord, bless the ones, Lord, that's fighting this disease, Lord, and all the nurses and the doctors and different ones, Father, just touch them, I pray. Lord God, just move upon the scene for your people, your bride around the world. Lord, we just commit our lives to your hands, Lord. We commit these things to you, these times. Whatever it may be, whatever's left, Father, we give it to you completely. Surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Kings 17. Amen. Just been listening and st or studying to different messages. Brother Brandon spoke on be certain of God. And I'd like to speak to you tonight on, amen, certain and uncertain times. Certain and uncertain times. 1 Kings 17, verse 1. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and, as I, have commanded the, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, which is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee in Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make it for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the crews of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. 
And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee? Are thou a man of God? Art thou coming to me to call my sin into remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up to a loft where he abode and laid him upon the, his own bed. And he cried to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou brought the evil upon the widow whom I have sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come, again, uh, come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came unto him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth is truth. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll let you be seated. This evening, certain and uncertain times. I got to looking at these words, certain and uncertain. Certain means to, to be known for sure or to establish beyond doubt or to be beyond the reach of doubt. Uncertain means not to be able to, you can't rely on it or no, not known or definite. And you know, and Brother Bradham would speak actually on both words. He would speak about the uncertain sound, and he would speak on certain, uh, be certain of God. And you know, in an uncertain sound, he said, things of the earth are shaking. You can't put no confidence in anything. Everything is uncertain. And anything that's uncertain, he said, I, I would just, I like to stay away from the negative side. He said, I like it positive to be on the positive side. But he goes on, he said, home life has become uncertain. National life is uncertain. The world is uncertain. And I, I would like to just say right here that even in the best of times, under the best conditions, uh, uh, life is uncertain. It doesn't take a pandemic for life to become uncertain. It, it may become more uncertain, but even life in general is uncertain. We're not guaranteed or promised tomorrow. Our life is but a vapor, and it can be here today and gone in just a few minutes. But we're, he said we're just living in a place where the whole world is having a nervous prostration like shaking everything, every nation, everybody, one of a, everyone is afraid of another one. And, and he says everything is shaking, national life, political life, everything is shook up. He said even church life is shook up. Uncertain people don't even know hardly what to do anymore. And you know, this very much goes with what we're living in today. You know, it's very real, the things that you read here in the uncertain sound, because talking about church life, you know, this one thinks they got this this right and this one's got this right and that one's got this figured out and all that's going on but he said the you know everything is uncertain and we know the bible speaks about everything that can be shaken will be shaken and, and you know and the world is uncertain that we're living in governments are uncertain life is uncertain amen people are grasping at ideas or whatever to prop themselves up because of uncertainties 
No one knows what's next. Even the best of uh, known uh, 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 people that are experts in their field, they don't know what's next. They don't know what's around the next corner. Amen. You know, as I said, even in the best of times, this life is uncertain. But we, we don't know when the, our last times together here on this earth. You know, just a few Sundays ago we met for the last time in a normal circumstance for now. And, and what we see is normals and we hope to maybe one day get there. We don't know. Nobody knows. That's uncertain. So life is uncertain. You say, well, you're painting an awful dark picture. And Brother Adam said, you asked me that question. He said, I intend to do that. He said, I want to do it. I did it for a purpose. Is, you know, you ask, is there anything certain? And he says, yes. There is something certain. There's one thing that's certain. One thing you can put your confidence. One thing you can make sure is right. When everything else is gone. When everything else is faded away. When everything else is fallen away. Heavens and earth will pass away. But my word shall not fail. God has placed us or given us the ability to stand upon a certain foundation. It's a foundation that's beyond the reach of doubt. Amen. That don't mean doubts won't come. That don't mean doubts won't enter your mind. That won't mean you won't face fears or have fears. But when, when you come down to it and you get down to the bottom of where you're standing on, you want to be standing upon the Word of God. Amen. And be certain in uncertain times. There's only one thing we can place our trust in in this hour that we're living in is God's Word. Our money isn't certain. Our homes ain't certain our lands are not certain nothing earthly or temporary is certain but some are making this into something that is not this thing that we're going through they're drawing lines in the sand they're propping themselves up with quotes and things to try to make it to where you know making sayings that where the bride won't get this virus and that's not certain that's no more certain than some, someone in the bride or somebody that's a part of the bride it won't die in a car wreck or, or won't have some other disease or have some other thing. What is certain is the Lord God is He is He, He will heal all our diseases. And there we can have faith. There we can stand upon. I, I can't stand upon what somebody has come up with or what somebody thinks or what somebody got it all figured out. I can only stand upon the word of God. You say, well, we have faith. We won't get this disease. Brother Brandon would say it like this. He said, sometimes faith will do great miracles and it still don't come from a spiritual heart. Hello, somebody. Sometimes faith will do great miracles, but still it doesn't come from a necessarily a spiritual heart. Our Lord said this. He said, many will come to me in that day and said, have I not done this or done that in your name? And he said, I will say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What is iniquity? It's something that you knew to do right and you didn't do it. And he will say, I never knew you in the first place. He said, we're living in that day today. He said, but what we need today is not a lot of material things, thank God. Not a lot of material things. We have that. We, we don't need greater churches. We don't need greater congregations. We don't need more radio, more television. We don't need more of these things. What we need today to be spiritual is a person that will humble themselves before God. If, anybody, if he hadn't even got a penny, but will pray to that spirit within them is satisfied. Oh, hallelujah. Is satisfied 
satisfied with the goodness of God. Now listen, you can have this moment and don't depend on you having a lot of people around you. You can have it regardless if you got yourself by yourself or your family or maybe a hundred or five hundred. But the point is you want to get to a place that when that spirit on the inside of you is satisfied with the goodness of God and a revival can take place. Listen, a revival is not dependent upon a big congregation. A revival is not dependent upon a church full. Amen. He said one or two people on fire for God. Amen. You can have a revival in your home. You can have a revival in your car. You can have a revival. But until that takes place inside our hearts, and that will change our attitude, that will change our atmosphere that we live in. Hallelujah. That's what we need today. Amen. Some people's attitudes and atmospheres got all out of whack and things are going the wrong way for them right now and and people are running in fear and things are happening. But what gets you back to the right attitude and the right atmosphere is getting in the presence of God. Not in the news, not in the things of this world, but getting in the presence of God. And how do you get in the presence of God? Start thinking on Him. Start praying to Him. Start asking for Him to move. Start feeding the upon his word and letting his presence surround you. Amen. See, we might not have a pair of shoes on our feet. We might be dressed in rags, but something will be in your heart singing a melody. Listen, I don't know how far this is going to go. We might get to these places. I don't have no idea. But you might get to where you don't have, he said, not a pair of shoes, not a, your dress may be rags, but if you get to this place, you'll still have something in your heart singing the melodies of God. Hallelujah. The goodness of God. And he said, I would rather have that than all the money in the world. Because money ain't certain. It can be here today and gone tomorrow. It can be worth $100 one day and not worth a cent the next day. Hallelujah. So you can't say natural things, you know, are always a blessing of God. You know, David spoke to the Lord that to the Lord when he seen the wicked spread forth, you know, like a great tree. And, and you know, he said, but did you, God asked him, he said, did you ever consider that big tree at the end? No matter how good of clothes they had or how much they had to eat, but that isn't what gets you into the presence of God. This body that we dwell in perishes regardless of how well it's taken care of, but it's the soul that matters. It's a condition, it's a condition of the spirit that moves us into the presence of the living God. You know, and he would talk, begin to talk about this woman that we read about, this widow woman. He said, how that this little woman must have been of the caliber of Elijah. But I thought, that the, that the people of God wouldn't suffer. You know, he's, he, he talks about, in many places, he talks about the famine that had come in the land was because of the sin that was there. But not everybody in the land was sinful. Come on now. Not everybody had bowed their knee to Baal. And we found that out a little later when Elijah was said, I'm the only one that's serving you. And, and God told him, what was it, five, seven thousand, seven thousand hadn't bowed their knee. Amen. So just because there was sin in the land, that didn't mean everyone was sinful. And just because there was famine in the land, it didn't mean that those that were not sinful didn't suffer. They suffered. They went through things. She was was down to her last meal. Her last time just to give it, just to eat, and I'm going to die. I'm going to give up my life. 
Because, you know, and said, but see, this woman must have been of the same caliber of Elijah. But yet she was suffering. Yes, she was going through things just as everybody else was going through things. She had to go to the marketplace and go through whatever everybody else was going through or however it was set up in that day. She had to, she was going, she was starving. She was in famine, no water, this, that. She was going through it just like everybody else was going through it. But yet she was of the caliber of Elijah. Hallelujah. Amen. And see, she had been, but she had been chosen to entertain God's prophet. Hallelujah. It wasn't her that chose her. It was God who chose her. Hallelujah. I believe that there's a people on earth that's of the caliber of Elijah, that knows the God of Elijah. It's not just a God of books and tapes and quotes and scriptures, but it's a God that stepped out of it and became a living, amen, a living God among them, producing the same signs and wonders. Hallelujah. And she had been chosen to entertain him. Oh God, I want to be chosen to entertain him. Hallelujah. I'm talking about I want to be chosen to entertain the spirit of God. Hallelujah. The lamb was burning up. And no doubt this little woman being of that caliber, but a believer type. Oh, how many is a believer type? Amen. I love that. It's, and Brother Tim brought this out about how Brother John Lay had spoke about doing some work for my sister and all the things that she needed done or whatever. And he said, well, that's what we do. You know what I mean? And as believers, we believe that's what we do. No matter what, if it's good times or bad times, we're still believers, right? No matter if we're up or down or, or we're sick or we're healthy or we're wealthy or we're poor, if we're believers, that's what we do. We believe. And she was of the believer type. He says, for we see that God would not have called her if she hadn't been worthy to entertain God's prophet. For he would have never sent his prophet to a house that was unworthy. So it was not, it was not the prophet's choosing. It was God's choosing. It wasn't her bidding him. It was God bidding him. And he had been placed by a brook and ravens were feeding him. But in God's, God's commandment for something to take place. And God surely went to a believer the same nature of Elijah. But yet she was suffering. She was going through the same things that was going on in the land. She wasn't exempt from it. Amen. She was going through things. She was, she was facing hardship. She was, and she was, but she was of the same caliber. Amen. She was of the believer type, even though she was struggling. She was a widow woman, so she had had a lot of problems, things that happened in her life. Nobody to take care of her. A young husband, her husband dead and a young boy to raise in the land, they depended on crops. You know, they, they wasn't able, you know, no doubt wasn't able to go to a grocery store like we've been accustomed to going to. And, and you know, but had to put in the crops in the field to have anything to eat. But everything now was decaying. And it was because of the iniquity of the people and their moral decay had brought a drought on the land. And they was all starving and dying. Believers and non-believers. All starving and dying. And then we find that no doubt she prayed night after night, all night. And she began to see that mill barrel going down, 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 down. 
And it must have got to a place there was not even another cup full of meal in the barrel. All she had was a little handful, just a few drops. And death was coming right to her door for there was no way of getting any more. The whole nation was starving and the oil was running out. Just a spoonful left. Just enough to make another piece of bread and eat it and die. Oh, you're talking about sincerity and prayers. He said, you let that strike your home. You'll be a little more sincere than you were this morning when you know death lays at the door. He said, I believe we think perhaps like this. We, she prayed all night long for one more day settled it. It was going to be over. She looked at the pale lips of her little boy, three or four years old. See his own bones dwindling away as the flesh was coming to them. It must have been a terrible thing as his mother seeing this going on day after day after day going down, down down, down, down. He said, may God let this soak in every one of you. you. If you never hear me preach again, let this be a message. It's strange, most strange, that sometimes God lets things get that way. Hello, somebody. God lets things get that way. You know, when we've confessed our sins and we met every requirement that God requires and we believe on God, there's a circumstance has to be met and according to his will, but we met them all and yet he lays silent. He won't answer us. I'm sure I'm speaking to people this morning who's come to that place. I've been there myself many times. Hello, somebody. I've been there myself many times. This is his words. And I have been there myself many times. He said, I've went back and I've traced my life many times. I've turned over every stone and I'd find where I'd maybe done something wrong. I'd go make it right. Lord God, I'll make it right and go do so. Come back again and say, now Lord, thou art God. You'll answer me. Surely I've met the request you required to me to do. And every requirement I've met and still seemingly he won't move. He seems to sit silent that's when you've got to be sure Amen. he's God. Amen. If he answers or not, he's God. Amen. If he does something about it or not, he's God. Amen. If he heals me or not, he's God. Amen. You know, I got the privilege of meeting Brother Giovanni Cohen and they're right there in New York been praying for them. He goes to Brother Yvonne Carrion's church and, and it met him at a meeting up there in Canada a couple of, last year sometime. And he was given a testimony of his wife and her longing for a child. And I, I don't remember exactly the details. I may not get it all exactly right, but the, the gist of it is this. She was born without something very needful in the reproduction organs in a female. And, and she was born without it. And, and, and it just the doctors told her it's impossible. You can't have a baby. But it just was on her. I want a baby. I want a baby. And she would not give up just day and night calling, wanting a baby. So he was just trying to encourage her. And finally, you know, not I think they'd went many times and talked with the pastor. And finally, just last result again, he takes her to the pastor there. And he says, look, you know, this is, she's just so down. And you know, just constantly, I want a baby. I want a baby. And the pastor asked her these words. He said, what if, sister, he don't give you a baby? Then what? He said, her head was bowed. She lifted up them eyes, tears streaming down. And she said, I'll still love him. Hey, 
And just a few months later, a little time later, she had a and she got pregnant. Now they have a little daughter. Hallelujah. No matter what you're going through, you need to be certain he's God. That's something you got to stand on no matter how hard it may get, no matter how terrible it may be or seem, and no matter how bad it may get, it doesn't matter. He's still God. And it can get to your last meal. It can get to your last crumbs. And he move on the scene just like he did for this woman. It can get to your last breath and he come and move on the scene and everything be made totally whole. He's that kind of God. Be certain. In these moments, you have to be certain he's God. And if he's God, he's got it all in control. He's not lost it. It's not waver, waver. All his shaking is not because he's lost control. Come on, somebody. He's still in control. He's still orchestrating this all about to come to an end, to a a projected, to to what he knows by his foreknowledge. He's, He's getting it to move right to that place. Hallelujah, you must be certain before you do anything. You must be certain in your heart that it's God. And when you met everything he said, when you're sure he's God, then your faith goes right there and your faith stands and stands steady for it knows he is. Hallelujah, it knows he is and it will hold steady. It won't move, faith won't move for it's sure that God is and it's sure that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And he said, may this go way down deep and never move from you, Branham Tabernacle. And even in Light Tabernacle, Timothy Pruitt and Joe Adams and whoever's listening, may it go deep down into you if you met God's requirement and in your heart you believe that he is. God's only testing your faith. He loves to do that. You confessed your sin, you met a requirement and yet he still lays silent. Remember, faith says he is. And faith holds on, not knowing what is going to happen or how it's going to happen. It just knows it will happen. And he knows that he is, and he's certain that he is. And remember, if he is, then his word is true. And if he required you to meet those circumstances, and you did, then he's obligated to take care of his word. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll read that one more time. Let it sink in real deep. It says, if you, he required you to meet these circumstances, and you did. He's obligated to take care of his word. He's obligated to that word. He has to bring it to pass because it's his word, and it cannot fail. Hallelujah. It's in those moments, don't back off and say, well, I never got healed. He said, you poor, weak faith. Don't believe that. If, everything, anything, if everything's confessed, everything's met, faith holds, don't let nothing, nothing, there's nothing will move it. He is, you're sure. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. And if they walk, they shall not faint. Wait when you met his requirements. Wait, and it'll bring your faith to a showdown. God's requirement has been met, and you have fully considered it, and you've done everything he said to do. Then your faith rests right there that he is. Be certain of God.
Be certain of God. He loves to test us. He loves to see the reaction of faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. God loves to see how you will react. Hello. God loves to see how you will react. When you hear bad news, do you react in fear? Is that your first reaction? Is that your first go-to? Or if you hear some, something going on with this pandemic, what's, what's guiding you? Is it fear? Come on, Come on now. How are you reacting? I, I'm not saying you got to go out and test God and prove God. You know, it, 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 we read it here with the first Wednesday night of Martin Luther, how he operated. I believe that's a good guideline. Amen. You know, do, what, do what's required. Do what you're supposed to do. Amen. Wash your hands. Do all of that. Be smart, fine. But don't fear. Believe God. If you do happen to get it, He can heal you. He will. It's His Word. God likes to see how you will react. When you say, Oh Lord, I believe You. Thou art my Savior. I believe that You're my healer. I believe that You're the one who gives the Holy Spirit. The things that I'm requiring, you're the God who gives that. And when you confess all your sins and promise God that you'll do, if you, he'll let you get well, well and then don't. And then because it don't happen, you run off like a coward somewhere. God can't use that. There's no way for him to use it. There's no way for him to answer you because he only answers faith. Then all of a sudden you go away and He can't answer you. But true faith stands there being sure that God is and being certain that He is. And if God asks this thing to be done to confess your sins and so forth and you've done it, faith says He is and it's a certain it's going to happen and your request has been granted. Hallelujah. Your request has been granted. God is sure of his word and he knows his word will produce the healing that's required. Hallelujah. I'm sure of his word. I know that there's a serum here. Hallelujah. But listen, as as it's been said, the virus that we're really worried about ain't the COVID-19. The virus we're worried about is coldness and formalness and ungodliness and and sins of this world. That's the virus we're worried about. But there is an inoculation. There is a blood that I take it all away from you and make a life out of you that you never thought possible to live. And couldn't live on your own. Be sure he's God. You know, there's so many cases of people that went through hard times. You know, you had Daniel and the Hebrew children that were taken off. But they had purpose in their heart. They were going to serve God. They wasn't ungodly people. They were godly boys. They purpose, we're not going to eat the king's meat. We're not going to do this. We're going to pray. Even when the decree says not to, we're going to pray. We're going to, get, we're going to serve God. We're going to do what's right. We're, you know, but yet, even though good people and children of God, they suffered. They went through things. They, they, they went through just like everybody else was going through. And here they had to go before a fiery furnace. Facing the certain death seemingly. It was impossible, seemed like they to survive it. 100% death rate. 
to be thrown into this fiery furnace seemed impossible. But they said, King, we're not going to bow. Do what you want to do. We're not going to bow. Our God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. See, they were sure and certain he's God. The fire didn't change who he was. The floods don't change who he is. Sickness don't change who he is. Problems don't change who he is. Financial struggles does not change who he is. Hallelujah. Storms don't change who he is. They knew he was Jehovah. They knew he answered prayer. Whether he did in their case or not, it would have to be for the good, for they had made their statement, they had confessed their sins, and they were willing to walk into death. And when they were going to the fire furnace, knowing that they were certain that if God let them burn up, he would raise them up again. They were certain of God because they knew that God would work everything for their good. I mean, we need to not forget that scripture. Amen, Romans 8, 28. To them that are thee called according to his purpose, all things work together. Amen. He's working it all out for our good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just got a a text from our guide in Israel reminding us that today actually starts the celebration for Israel. They started their holiday celebrating. Amen. They're leaving Egypt. Their exodus of leaving Egypt. Oh, hallelujah. Their Passover coming now and then and, 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 and being under the blood and, and watching the things that took place. Amen. Listen, we're right here at the same times, the same places. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful I'm under the blood. People get the idea, as do the Jews. The Jews thought that he was coming to save them from the Romans. You know, and he was going to raise up an army and he was going to defeat them by, like he he did, he was going to drive out the Romans and set them free. But that wasn't the freedom he was coming for. He was coming to set them free from sin. Hallelujah. In the first Exodus, he set them free from the Egyptians and he took them to a land. The second one, he set us free from sin. That's what that blood is for, amen. That blood is an inoculation from sin. But just because we're under the blood or the token does not mean we won't get sick. Come on. People get cancer. I mean, we have bad accidents. Our prophet died in a car accident. And people have made statements because he died, he's anti-word. And you're anti-word if you die. Nonsense. Ridiculous nonsense. This blood is an inoculation against sin. But it also in that has a healing power. But it does not make you immune to in the sense of you'll never get sick. You will get sick. These bodies are not, amen, eternal bodies. They're temporary bodies. They're bodies that's growing old. Just because you're under the token or under the blood don't mean you're not getting old. They're going, our bodies are going down, 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 down. But this blood does produce an inoculation, an immunity against sin. But in it, it also gives us the ability to draw strength from it to receive health again. Hallelujah. And this is what he was talking about. 
He said they go through the, through the fiery furnace. You go through things in your life and you don't know if he's going to deliver you or not. But that doesn't matter. What matters, he's God. Their statements was not depending on whether he was going to deliver them or not. What they was depending on, he's God. Hero King, you're not God. You don't have a final say in this matter. I may go to a fiery furnace, but that's not the end of my life. I got another life coming. Hallelujah, you're not God. And I like to tell the devil, you're not God. You don't have a final say to when we draw our last breath. God has that. It's in his hands. And I am in his hands. And you are in his hands. And be certain he is God. Because if they died, they would raise up on the resurrection. So they made this statement. They were certain. They walked right to the fire furnace. So no matter the decrees, we're not going to bow. They bound their hands. They bound their feet. They started them to the fire furnace. God standing there looking at it. They were certain he was God. They had made their confession. They had made everything right that they knew of. They were certain. And as they walked to the fire furnace, right as the last moment came, there he come riding out of heaven on a chariot of wind and began fanning the breezes off of them while he talked with them and fellowshiped with them in the fire. Oh, hallelujah. God lets your faith come to a spot where it will react. There was Job in the Old Testament, another believer who had hard times, lost a lot of things, had bad days, real bad days. Satan, his accuser, accused him of being a, a secret sinner. But Job knew he hadn't sinned. He knew he had offered a sacrifice. He was certain he had met God's requirements. Satan took his camels. He took his sheep. He took his children. But still, Job stood for he's certain he's God. He had met the requirements. He had searched and he found out, I made the burnt offerings. I made the sacrifice. I made the feast. I've done what God required. I've made the burnt offerings for my children and confessed their own. Oh God, he says, when a man keeps what God said do, he's certain he's God. He has to answer. Faith calls him on the scene every time. And when you've done what you know is right, when you met his requirements, when you've confessed and made right and done restitutions and laid it before God, I don't care how silent he is, he's still God. And he's waiting to put that faith there. You've done your works, now he wants to see your faith by your works. He wants to see what you will do. He wants to see how you will react. He wants to see what you will say. Hallelujah. This is where Job got. But one day, God took him back beyond all of his problems. Even beyond his good times on earth. Because at one time, no doubt, Job had a wonderful life. Seemingly a very rich man. Had many, many camels, many oxen, oxen, many this, that, and the other. Many houses, many children. And in a few days, it's all gone. But there were good days before the bad days. But God took him back before even the good days. <laughs> Amen. That's where our confidence has to lie in these hours and these bad times that we're in. It's got to lie in even more than our good times or our future good times. 
It's got to go back before all of that. Who were you before the foundation of the world? Where were you, Job, before the foundation of the world when the morning stars sang and shouted for joy? You were in the mind of God, Job. I had you in my mind even before you had a bad day or a good day or a great day or just a so-so day. I already had you in my mind. Oh, hallelujah. If we could just get that tonight. He already thought about us before there was ever a coronavirus, cancer, sugar diabetes, problem, situation, financial struggle. He already had us in his mind. And what he had of us in his mind, he cannot change his mind. And he holds on to it. And he said, I'm going to have a bride without spot, without wrinkle. There will be an overcomer of Laodicea in church age. Hallelujah. Who or where were you? Maybe I need to ask you this, just real simply. Where were you before the coronavirus came? (laughs) Where was your faith at? Is it really shook you that much? What's going on in your life? Listen, if you had to wait for, if you have to wait for some pandemic to come to get right with God, you ain't right with God. Amen. You know, I was uh, in the post office the other day and hearing a man speak about his church and how what he's trying to do. He's speaking to another lady in line. And he said, I'm just trying to encourage, trying to help. You know, he said, you know, it's amazing. He said, I fully expect we get to go back. I'm going to have a church full. He said, because 9-11 came. He said, My, I couldn't even hardly find a seat for everybody. He said, all of a sudden, within a, about a half a year or so, he said, there was about half of them gone. Another year, there was about a half of those gone. I had just a handful again. He said, you know, you get somebody baptized, and they hang around for a little bit, and then they're gone. And he said, I, you know, I hope people realize their real need for God and get to God and find Him and, and, and really put their trust in Him. And he was pouring his heart out. This needs to be our confession on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other grounds is sinking sand. The best day of your life is sinking sand. Your body's decaying, it's getting older, things are happening. The best days. Only Christ is a solid rock. Only He's a place that can hold you. Even Job, his wife walked out on him. His health walked out. His boils all over him, scraping himself. She said, you might as well just curse God and die. Job, you're so miserable. Miserable. Why don't you just curse God and die? He said, thou speakest like a foolish woman. Though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. He was certain there was God. And he had met the requirements. Oh, I feel religious, he said. He knew he had met them all. That settled it. God was just testing his faith. And he will test yours. And he will test mine. And just because we're the bride don't mean we're immune from tests. 
And when we meet his requirements, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's his promise. Any among you sick, call the elders of the church. Let them anoint them all and pray. A prayer of faith shall save the sick and God shall raise them up. That settles it. Confess. Make things right. Pray for one another. You met it. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Amen. Hallelujah. Devils. No matter what gets named tomorrow, devils. No matter what new disease comes up, devils. No matter what new problem comes up, devils. Cast them out by the word of God and they'll speak with new tongues. And if they take up serpent or drink deadly things, it shall not harm them. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. That settles it. Be certain of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan loves to throw things at you. Well, you got prayed for, you know better. They pray, they, them preachers prayed for, you know better now. Them preachers ain't right in the first place. It doesn't matter about the preacher. It's your faith in the living God that counts. It's not what the preacher is, it's what God is. The preacher never made the promise. God made the promise. Hallelujah. It's not up to the preacher, it's up to God. And your faith to believe that God is. So be certain of God. Be certain that it's God and that God's word and God's in his word and he will keep his word. Going back to this little widow woman, she knew that he was God, and the barrel, the barrel kept going down, down, down. Circumstances got worse, worse, worse. God was letting it get that way. He just loves to do that. I know this stuff hurts. He loves to put your faith to a test to see how you act. Let you be anointed and pray for, then let you get worse and say, come on, Satan, put him to a test. I know he believes me. Did you hear that? He says, let you be anointed and pray for you and then let make you worse. Say, come on, Satan, put to the test. I know he believes me. Bless God forever. Put him to a test now. I know he took my word for it. Could he say that about you? He said that about Job. Do anything to him you want, but don't take his life. For I know he loves me. He made the offerings. He made the requirements. He did what I told him to do. He believes it. Now roll him over the coals if you want to. He took everything away from him. But God doubled it when he gave it all back to him. Oh my, we may lose everything on this whole world, but we lose our, this whole world. What are we going to gain when we get on the other side? I think that's going to be more than double. I don't know if you can put a number to it. I think if you put it in the calculator and put the weird letters, dot whatever, XT, something other, it's, it's insurmountable joy and happiness and love and health and peace. And beyond measure. 
when we get on the other side. But that don't mean we're not going to be tested here. He puts our faith to this test to see if we really believe he's God. You know, Jesus spoke about her. He said, wasn't there many widows in the days of Elijah? But he only sent to one. And he said, I prayed. Maybe she seen that little cake. Death had entered the gate and was walking up to her door. One more bite apiece. And her and her son was going to die. I can see her all night praying. Hot winds blowing. Earth parts. People crying. Screaming in the streets. She was walking through the house, talking to her Lord. She looked at her little boy, looked at the little pajamas. They were all wore out, her little, little feet sticking out, looked at her own hands wrinkled up, walking back and forth. But she said, I know he's God. I, made the, I met the requirements. I'm asking for our lives for his glory. God's seen her. And the rest of them are going out, having a good time, petting themselves up, you know, having this and that, carrying on. But that woman was alone with God. Daylight broke and she said the little fella had cried all night for something to eat. What would I do? One little last handful of, full of meal. You know, that meal was Christ. That meal offering had to be ground with a special burr till it was cut into little pieces of corn. Every one of them was the same because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And every believer believes that and rests upon it. Come on, somebody. If God was God yesterday, he's God today, and he'll be God tomorrow. Every believer rests upon that. You can have your cold form of religion, anything you want. But for me, I believe Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And my make my stand upon that. Them birds cut every way, showing he's the same God. He's the same God tonight. He's the same God in the morning. He's the same God tomorrow. He's the same God next week. He's the same God next month. What, what, when are they going to lift it up, this, uh, this problem, this pandemic? When is it going to lift? He's the same God. He's the same God. When are we going to get back to normal? He's the same God. He's the same God. What about my health? He's the same God. What about my situation? He's the same God. Amen. And the oil represent the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, Spirit and truth, making a cake to give you nourishment. If you want nourishment, take the Spirit and truth and feed on it. Hallelujah. Ready. And then, of course, the two sticks representing the cross. Sacrifice laid upon it. My, so much here. I'm going down to these to this moment where he came. Asked for it. Asked for that meal. He said, bring me that morsel of bread. And listen to this. She turns in her gloom. In her gloom. And I can hear her say something like this. Sir, you're different from any other man I've seen. The man I can hear speak, you seem to be so positive what you're saying. But I only got enough meal, just a spoonful of oil. I've dressed it. I'm going to cook it with these two sticks. Me and my son are going to eat it. And we're going to die. 
That's all I got. But what do we hear next? But fetch me the little cake first. See? God first. Maybe in these times you forgot God. Before. Things were so busy. Life going on. God's wanting to remind you He's first. No matter what anybody else says, what any evidence, how gloomy it looks, whatever it may be, take God first. Doctor says I can't get well. Take God first. I'm a sinner. Take God first. I'm a prostitute. I'm a drunkard. Take God's word first. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be made white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they'll be made white like wool. Bring me the little cake first. All that you got, bring it to me. Are you willing to give everything you got and put it in his hands? We like to be in control. We like to be able to dictate where our money goes or where this goes or where that goes. Can you put it in his hands? Are you willing? And give it to him. Bring me a morsel of bread. Fetch me a little water. There was something in her. There was something, listen to this, there was something in her that moved and told her, that man knows what he's talking about. That man has met God. That man has been in the presence of God. That man is not just speaking empty words, but that man is vindicated. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, what, what happened? She turned in her gloom and she began to walk. And it came to the place where she was obeying what he said. She was listening to what he said. She tuned out everything else anybody else said, what her own thoughts says, what everything else around her, and she was only listening to what he said. The gloom broke. Hallelujah. The gloom broke. Thus saith the Lord, the barrel will not go empty and the crews run dry until the day that the Lord God sends rain upon the earth. She made a cake and she gave it to the prophet and she went back and she got some more and the next day she went back and she got some more and the next day she went back and she got more every morning, every day. Why? Because she took God at his word. Listen, the gloomy times that's looking right now may not look gloomy if you'll just take his word and be certain he's God. But the reason it looks so gloomy is you're looking at it the wrong way. In Germany, Brother Bradham talks about a picture. I haven't ever seen the picture. Love to see it. Talking about the cloud land. So when you see it off in a distance, it's the horriblest looking gloom you've ever seen. Clouds matted together, looking from a long distance. But when you get up close to it, it changes. It's angels' wings beating. Singing hallelujahs to the Lord. So that's what gloom is sometimes. <laughs> if you look at it at a long distance, it looks gloomy and dark. But you just stay with God's word and be certain he's God. And when it moves up close, you'll find it's just angels' wings beating together. Bringing it all about 
to serve his purpose and serve his will. He said, I know the thoughts that I think of you. They're thoughts of an expected end. Whether it be a rapture, whether it be going home by the grave, whatever it is, it's going to be worked for his will and for his way. She was somewhat like Abraham was, called on to give everything she had and lay it upon the altar. He said, maybe you're called like that today. Give up your ways. Give up your unbelief. Give up everything you got and just take the oil and the word and mix it together and put it on the altar of self-sacrifice and you'll find out it'll call God on the scene as certain as I'm standing in the pulpit. You need God tonight? Mix the meal together. Take you some meal. Take a little bit of Jesus and the Spirit of God and let it begin to mix together in your heart. Be joy unspeakable and full of glory. And all of a sudden, what looks so gloomy, looks so dark and so dismal, looks so helpless and so hopeless, you realize angels have drawn close. It's angels among us in our homes, on our job, a wall of fire moving about us. God working everything according to his purpose and his plan and his will. We can be certain in uncertain times because we have a certain God. God bless you tonight as we bow our heads. Maybe a little different. Maybe a little different speed. want to soak in real deep. Turn your eyes back on Jesus. Keep them on him. Don't let them drift off in these times. Look only into his wonderful face. And the things of this world will go strangely dim. The gloom will dissipate and the joy bells of heaven open up in your heart and in your soul. He's here for you tonight. Are you willing to lay your all upon the altar? I believe these have been some real soul searching times. Just looking over things, making sure you met all the requirements. It's a good time for that. Time to set aside and apply yourself more to the things of God and the Word of God prayer don't let fear guide you sure take your precautions as you would any other time but don't let fear and don't let man's words put fear in your heart either man's words are only temporary God's word is eternal. Something we can stand on and be certain that he's God. Lord Jesus, Father, just a little thought, just looking at these things, Lord, this week. Searching, Lord, looking. 
Lord, even my own heart, just making sure we met every requirement. Blood's on the door. God, the Spirit of God in our hearts and our souls, our life, guiding us, directing us. Lord, may right now in every home, may in sincerity, Lord, may they just search themselves, Lord. May they've been looking toward the wrong things and gloominess has covered them, doubt and fear. Spirits trying to attach to things. God, may they turn their eyes to you today. Knowing you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Oh God, we love you, Father. Lord, we're so thankful for this word you sent this hour. A word of surety, a word that's certain. A word that's still just as real today as it was spoken years ago. A word today that's still just as real today, written 2,000 years ago. A living Bible, a living word. Oh God, thank you, Father. Thank you that you promised you'd never leave us or forsake us. But you'll be with us even in us to the end of the world. Our eyes are on you, Lord. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh God, just move in the hearts of your people. Lord, let revival start in homes, individuals' life. Lord, may the call go out into the highways and the byways. Move on hearts, move on lives, soften them. I pray, Lord. The prodigals, Lord, that are out there, Lord, may they hear. There's better things at my father's house. I've had enough of this old sop bucket. I'm ready for what I'm supposed to be. Move, I pray. Let the Spirit of God begin to move so so heavily upon their hearts. Lord, I pray, prick them. Whatever it takes. Lord, you sent a light out of heaven, Lord, to stop a man. You can do whatever it takes. Supernaturally, visitations. Right in their bedrooms, right on their jobs, wherever they're at, they can just drop to their knees. Lord, as conviction begins to fall upon their hearts and lives. Lord, it's going home time, and we're not leaving a hoof behind. Touch each and every heart, we pray. In Jesus' name. the thing. 